0: And the solo wasn't too shabby either. Amen. And uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Abigail. You did a fine job in this words. Thank you. And that was lovely. wasn't. I, I love to see these young people. Uh, the Bible says play skillfully. That takes work. That takes discipline. That takes practice. And uh, uh, you would do well, young people. The Bible says uh, praise the Lord on an uh, instrument with strings. Uh, you would do well to, uh, to play some kind of an instrument and uh, play it well, play it properly, amen? A lot of people use the string, the instruments, uh, with a little subtle rock beat, which is the back beat, and uh, you folks who play the guitar need to play the guitar the right way. Uh, you don't give a little... That's, uh, that's the back beat. Nah, nah, nah. No, no, no. All right? <laughs> Uh, but play it the right, the right way. And you do. We don't have a problem with this. I'm not correcting anything. Well, Brother Hamilton needs straightening out tonight. But uh, not correcting anything. We're just saying that you uh, uh, you get to sit down and play the piano, learn to play the piano. But don't be drawn into the jazz scene. Da, 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 da. Uh, play for the glory of God. Amen. And, uh, and uh, music that brings honor and glory to God. And listen, if you've got to have something to, that moves your flesh to feel something when you're involved in music, uh, then you need to quit your music and get on your knees. Amen. If you can't get excited about Holy, 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 you were probably listening on the way to church. And that's why you can't get a blessing from the song service. I just changed my message here. Let's see. What I'm trying to say is i got a blessing because there's a young lady who is preparing herself to learn to use her talents for the glory of God. And somebody say amen to that. And mom and dad back there, thank you for paying the way and uh, and thank you for the discipline that that takes. I'm grateful for that. Luke chapter number 14 tonight. Luke chapter number 14. And uh, familiar passage. I, I first... Uh, well, I can't say at first, but I, the first outline that I could find preaching this text goes all the way back to a, uh, to a uh, um, teachers and workers meeting in 2014. And so uh, some of you will hear this. It'll sound a little familiar. It's because the, pre- the verses I'm preaching are still read the same way they did back then. And, uh, but I want to challenge your hearts tonight from the Word of God. Stand with me, please, for the reading of the Word of God. Let's read responsively, if you would please. Uh, I'll begin in verse uh, number sixteen, and we'll read responsively down uh, through verse number twenty three. I'm beginning in verse sixteen, you join me on verse seventeen, etc. Then said he unto him a certain man, made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in thither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Someone said, this is the first bus ministry in the Bible. And perhaps uh, uh, perhaps so. Go and bring in hither. Bring them in. Bring them in. Let's talk about that tonight. Father, we love you. We need you. We thank you for these wonderful stories that you give us. You taught them while you walked upon this earth. And, Lord, you illustrated in this wonderful story the importance of reaching people for Christ, bringing folks in to meet the Lord. And I pray, Lord, that our efforts, week after week, but, Lord, in particular this week, will be blessed of God. May we do our part. May we go out. May we bring them in. And may your house be filled. And may the Holy Spirit come down all is vain Unless uh, the Spirit of the Holy One come down, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by promotion, it's not by skits, it's not by singing, uh, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And so, Lord, all the things that we do, all the things that we do to try, just tools to try to get people under the preaching of the gospel this week may, when the Word of God go, goes forth, may it go forth with power i pray save souls as a result of this reminder tonight in jesus name amen thank you you may be seated bring them in bring them in as i mentioned just recently uh in just the last week or so i guess uh the lord really did a work in my heart as a young person when i got involved in the bus ministry got involved in trying to reach and we say bus ministry was a van 15 pastor van and uh, but going and knocking on doors and going through the streets and the lanes of our city there in hickory and falling in love with people and learning to invest in people and i say dear friend uh, love love will compel you to go beyond your 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 zone of comfort Love will compel you. And one of the things that is part of my daily prayer life, early this morning, I was on my knees again as a day, day after day and just begging God for His love and for His love to flow through me. And I often, many times, I know hundreds and hundreds of times at this altar on a Saturday night, uh, I say, Lord, if I can't do anything else, would you please just let your love flow through me? Let this place be filled with your love. The very first fruit of the Spirit is what? love the fruit of the spirit is love then joy then peace and so forth but the first manifestation of god's spirit in his place in a place is love just love we just love people amen it don't matter if they're tall don't matter if they're short don't matter if they're wide don't matter if they're thin don't matter if they're dark don't matter if they're light don't matter uh, 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 what it just uh we just love people amen you love people and uh i think that's uh by and large the atmosphere of our church and i'm so thankful for that aren't you I'm so thankful for that I, you know, I don't think anybody's ever said, you know, I don't know if you can come to our church or not. I think pretty much everybody at TMC ever say, you know, you can come to our church. We'll love you. Amen. Good night. We take anybody. We take Noah. We'll take anybody. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, uh, years ago in the early years, we had just, uh, just started our buses and, um, and I got a call from a social worker and a social worker said, uh, uh, said uh, uh, we have a family here, and they just moved. I think they moved from Miami. Anyway, uh, this uh, family moved here, and uh, so, uh, one thing and another, and and uh, they're interested in going to church. And uh, and uh, d- would you be interested in uh, the family? And that's oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Give me the address. Gave me the name. Gave me the address. Social worker. That's pretty neat, isn't it? Social worker. And uh, gave me the name. Gave me the address. And so oh yeah, please tell. Them. I'll be I'll be sure to come by. We'll provide transportation if it's needed. And uh, and I'd love to have love to have them come. Thank you so much. I don't know if it was the right thing to do or not but before I hang up, I hung up I said, man, before I up I'm just curious, do you belong to a church? I said, do you belong to a church because i like you to come too. She said, oh, I have a good church to go to and this is where I should have stopped probably. But uh, uh, she said, oh, I have a good church to go to and I said, before I hung up, I said, well, I'm just curious. I said, well, how come you didn't invite them to your church? And she said, well, I, I just thought they'd probably feel comfortable at your church. I said, I'm sure they will. Amen? I'm sure they will. <laughs> Sight see. I'm sure they will. Amen? Oh, listen. Listen. I'm so glad Jesus came uh, into the world to save sinners. Amen? Amen? Not tall sinners. Not skinny sinners. Not wide sinners. Not this sinner. That sinner. He came to save sinners. Amen? I'm so glad about that. And uh, this story is about the Father's heart. To reach as many people as possible. The Father, of course, represents here the Lord of the house. And He made a great feast. And can I tell you something? There's enough truth in this book right here to feed the whole world. Amen. It's enough here to meet the needs of every human heart. And don't ever be ashamed, Christian. Soul winner. Don't ever be ashamed. We have the answers. Amen. We have the living water. We have the bread of life. And this old world, uh, sometimes are trying to intimidate God's people to keep it in our mouths. And more and more, they're putting the pressure on you. If you All you do is speak the truth. Little boy, little boy, kicked out of school wearing a t-shirt. There are two genders. Kicked out of school. There are two genders. Say hey, it out loud. Just wore a t-shirt. An article, just uh, within the last 30 days, a teacher lost her job. I think I said this already. Well, I'll say it again. I might say it tomorrow too lost her job what was the, oh what was a grievous offense she said good job girls to two girls there finished a Simon of some kind good job girls and one of them said i'm not sure if i'm a girl i think i might be a boy and she lost her job over that we have lost our minds the 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 the, the devil would love for us to just mum's the word and put a little zipper around our lips go, oh listen this right here is about us going and going boldly for jesus christ we have the answer amen it's an amazing thing. Somebody, somebody says there are only two genders, and we go, whoa, yes! I mean, I'm, that's great to hear, but seriously? That's where we are? We're, we're excited that somebody says there's only two genders. We're in a mess, are we not? So we just keep speaking the same truth we've always spoken. Amen. Let's look at what the text says. Again, I want you to highlight some words in here. If you've not done this before, you ought to highlight these words. In our, in our story, the Bible says in verse 16, A certain man made a great supper. This means it could be you, it could be me, it could be any one of us. A certain man made a great supper and bade many and his servant, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Want you Circle the word come there. Circle the word come. Come, 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 come. Come. The word "bidden" that just uh, just before that it said he sent his servant uh, at supper time to say to them that were past tense bidden. The word "bidden" means to call by name. So this is a personal invitation to a specific guest list. Evidently, this must have been a written invitation. I uh, didn't say so for sure, but it seems reasonable that it would have been a written invitation sent by name to a, to a guest list. And it's time for supper and nobody's there. You know, they sent all these invitations. I guess they forgot to put that, uh, what do you call that? Uh, RSVP. RSVP. Thank you. Stay out of my preaching. Uh, RSVP. Uh, but yeah, that and, uh, and, uh, uh, respondez-vous, por favor. Uh, what have you, I don't know, anyway. Uh, so they forgot to respond, and uh, nobody showed up. And the, and the man had the meal, and he said, man you can sit in the servant. I said, go, go tell those people, it's time, time for supper. And uh, so they go out there, the servant goes out there, and he says, come, 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 come. Now, you know what, the Lord, there's a spiritual application, this whole thing is a spiritual application for you and I, and that is this. Number one, extend a personal invitation. Extend, a listen, you want to reach somebody for Christ, Extend a personal invitation. Go to somebody and invite them to Christ. Invite them to church. Amen, Pastor. Invite them to Sunday school. How many of you teachers? Raise your hand if you're a Sunday school teacher. Raise your hand. Sunday school teacher, stand up. Stand up. Sunday school. You look too comfortable. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Sunday school teacher. How many of you have some more room in your class today? Would you please remain standing? Okay, we got room. Thank you. You may be seated. How can we fill those classrooms up? A personal invitation. Bus captain, stand up. Bus captain, stand up. Bus workers, stand up with them. Stand up with them. All right. If your bus was packed, every seat was full, underneath the seat was full, the balcony was full, everything on the bus was full, uh, 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 remain, uh, uh, have a seat. Everyone else remains. I'm sorry. <laughs> If you had any room left on your bus, remain standing. All right. So we had room on the buses today. All right. Thank you, BC. How can we? How how can we? How how can we fill those classes up? How can we fill those buses up? Uh, A personal invitation. Listen. This week is a golden opportunity. Vacation Bible School is a golden opportunity. If if these statistics are right, Ed Dunlop gave us this on March the ninth, two thousand eleven. 1% 1% of Americans who are saved got saved from birth to age 4. How many of you were 4 years or younger when you got saved? Raise your hand. Anybody here? Typically, yeah, age 4. All right. Uh, 1. Anybody else? Anybody else? 2. Anybody else? 3. Uh, all right. Looks like 4. Uh, 4. All right. Looks like 4. And that, So that looks pretty... Uh, pretty close here. Uh, about, uh, there's, let's see, there's 4,000 people here tonight. And, uh, uh let's see. But anyway, uh, uh, four here tonight. So that, that's, that's pretty close. Uh, by the statistics that Brother Dunlop gave us then, uh, 10% were saved from age, uh, 15, uh, to, uh, excuse me, um, uh, from, from 15 To age 30. So from age 15 to age 30. How many of you were saved from age 15 to age 30? Raise your hand. 15 to age 30. About 10%. All right, look around. You know what? That's pretty close. That's a little bit more, I think, probably. That's probably closer to 15% or so. Thank you. You can lower your hands. That stands uh, pretty true here with this crowd. Uh, 4% were saved uh, after age 30. After age 30, 4% were saved. Raise your hand if you were saved after age 30. Raise your hand. All right. Look around for just a moment. And that's pretty close. That's pretty close. Thank you. You may be seated. According to the statistics that Brother Dunlop gave us, 85% were saved from age 5 to age 14. Age 5 to 14. Would you raise your hand if you were saved between the age of 5 to 14? Hold it up there. Everybody look around. Look around. Look around. Hey, thank you, you may lower your hands. Uh, I remember being, uh, when it was Lowe's uh, Foods there, uh, right in front of the hospital, the grocery store there, and uh, in the parking lot, and there's some teen boys uh, riding skateboard, and I hooked out a gospel track, and handed a boy, it looked to be about eighth grade, It's probably 15 years ago, maybe 20 even, and handed him a gospel track, and he wasn't unkind, he wasn't rude, he didn't refuse me, he just looked at me with a the blank stare. And I said, oh, "What about yourself?" Said, uh-huh. Uh-huh. He wasn't unkind. He wasn't rude. But he had no interest whatsoever in what I had to say. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And, and can I tell you By the way, this world is becoming more and more secular. The Builder Generation—that's 1924 to 1925—that that group that came back uh, uh, and, uh, and and built our nation after World War—nineteen—the uh, Builder Generation. Sixty-five percent of that generation. Uh, profess themselves to be evangelical Christians in 2006 Thomas rainer who's written a lot about uh, 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 re- done a lot of research and written a lot about that and the state of Christianity in America in 2006 this goes back now seventeen years ago uh, he, at that time he wrote at current trends the teenagers of today by the time they become adults only four percent will be evangelical Christians still into adulthood. Now, I don't, I, I don't know today's statistics to tell you if that's How accurate that is. But I know this, I know this, that I see the headlines just like you do, and I see the articles that come up, and America is becoming more and more secular year after year after year after year. We used to, in our public, in our government run schools, we used to pray together, the Bible was read, the gospel was given, I've asked it in times past, several folks say, we have folks in our church that have, their teacher led them to Jesus Christ, held devotions, prayed, read the scriptures, that's long gone. Not saying there's not some great teachers that do lead souls to Christ. We've had some here that led souls to Christ. And thank God for those. But I'm just saying, as a culture and as a nation, we are drifting far from God. Our children are losing their innocence earlier and earlier and earlier. Who would have thought, who would have thought that a presidential candidate, part of his platform would be if you make me president... I will outlaw the mutilation of children. Who in God's name would need to say that? America in 2023. That's where we are. What I'm saying is this, my dear friend. Listen, if we're going to reach a generation for Christ, I'm telling you, we have a golden opportunity this week right now, amen We have a golden opportunity over the next four days Monday through Thursday Each night of Vacation Bible School Now what ought we to do? We ought to, we ought to bid them to come We ought to extend a personal invitation We ought to start with our guest list We ought to start with family Hey, hey, listen, if you haven't done so yet Make an inventory of your family Invite your grandchildren All your children that are the age Make sure they're here uh, And by the way, don't make it optional You don't make green beans optional you don't make green beans optional. Don't make Sunday school optional. Amen. Don't make vacation Bible school optional. What do you to really do? She's three years old. She don't know what she wants to do. Tell her what to do. Amen. No, she's not. She don't know. She can't come to VBS. She's four. She can come to VBS. Amen. Uh, but, but, uh, just get it. Bring them. Amen. Grandkids. Kidnap your grandchildren and bring them to VBS. Okay. I thought that was funny. Uh, anyway, get your grandkids here. Amen. Hey, listen. If you don't pray for your grandkids, who's going to? If you don't make it your responsibility to get your grandchildren in the house of God, who pray tell going to? Who's going to? You say, well, I'd like to. I'm trying to keep it up. God bless you. I'm not, certainly not judging you. If, if you want that and you pray for that and you're seeking that, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about let's make our effort. Nieces, nephews, cousins, second cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, twice removed on my mother's side. All of them. Amen. The ones you have to say, what's my cousin's name? Those, those two, amen. When you, you know, you get together, what's, what's so and so's brother? That, that one, <laughs> amen. Invite them to come and uh, friends, friends. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if you did this. I wonder if you went and got your old high school annual down and opened it up and looked at the pictures and went into a deep state of depression and. Uh, <laughs> But you just said, you know, I hadn't talked to so and so. I wonder if maybe they and their kids or their grandkids might like to have a vacation in Bible school. Listen, when you go out today, how many girls, uh, uh, girls, how many ladies are going to grocery shopping tomorrow? Going grocery shopping tomorrow. Three of you going grocery shopping? I think good, good, good. Anybody else go? You're not going, how many of you going grocery shopping tomorrow? This is interactive, alright? Hand up. How many of you going grocery shopping tomorrow? Raise your hand. Wave it at me. One, two, three, four people. Nobody else eats? Okay, all right, all right. So you're going, how many of you plan to buy some kind of food somewhere in the next five days? Raise your hand. Okay, here's a little something you can say when you go get some groceries and you see some children. Have you got a good vacation Bible school for those those kids to go to? How many? can you say that? Have you got a good vacation? Have those kids got a vacation Bible school to attend? Do you know some people try to find a vacation Bible school every week of the summer for their kids? Free babysitting, amen. Uh, Listen, we'll take them. We'll take them, uh, 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 invite them, invite them. This week, Brother Mike, this week, old friends of his, he grew up with, and um, and uh, one of them lost a teenage daughter within a week. Another one, in that motorcycle accident, lost his wife's mother. Do you know, here's the thing, life will interrupt us. Events of life will interrupt us, won't they? And a person who was not interested 24 hours ago might be searching today. Amen? So I, Pastor, I've already talked to them. Try again. Amen? All God's people said? Look at the next word. Circle it. Uh, he said, verse 17, He said his servant at the supper time to say to them that were bidden, come. That's the first word. For all things are now ready. So they go out. They make excuses. One has financial excuses, uh, work reasons, family reasons. They can't come. We get to verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Said, So they had these explanations and they couldn't because of this and he bought a tractor and he got married and so on and so forth. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go. Circle that word. Go, go. That's the next word. Go, go, go. Hey, hey, uh, bring them in. Number one, come. Personal invitation. Number two, go. In other words, go to the ones who will welcome the help. Look what he said. Go into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor. Do you know what? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Jesus fed folks. Amen. He fed folks. Twice, on one occasion, 4,000 men, 5,000 men on another occasion. And, and if you consider the ladies that were with them, no doubt, and the children that were with them, crowds of 10, 15, maybe 20,000 people. We don't know for sure, but it's a bunch of people. And Jesus said, I, they, they're hungry. Amen? They're hungry. And uh, and uh, I remember, I think about uh, uh, the Quinn, and I remember how he said he loved to go to camp. Quinn, what do you love about camp? I get to eat three times a day you remember that? And, uh, you know, we take a lot of things for granted, don't we? Yes, we he said, uh, he said uh, go, 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 go into the streets and lanes to the, uh, to the poor, to the poor, and to the maimed. Poor somebody had to pay their way. The maimed, somebody had to assist them. To the halt, that's the lame. Somebody had to carry them. I think about Pac-Man over there across the street. And others had to be hoisted up, c- carried on a bus. For the blind, somebody had to lead the blind. Hey, there's some folks out there that want help. There's some folks out there that want help. Uh, it was the sweetest thing back a few months ago, and the girls were out uh, on Saturday night, and I was just I was, I was the chauffeur, and they were working the bus route. And about 7 o'clock at night, and were walking back, we were walking back to the vehicle, and a little 12-year-old girl came out, little Addison, and Lady uh, wanted uh, to Christ, and she was so happy after she got sick. She says, can I give you a hug? And she gave, gave her a hug, and she came, and she, now her mom has come, now her grandmother's come. And she was teach soul winning last week. Amen. And she's excited. Can I teach you something? There, you say, well, I invite my people on this and that. Okay. We'll find somebody who wants help. They are out there. Amen. Yeah. They are out there. There are folks who want to be loved. There are folks who are not sure if anybody loves them and cares for them. And you know what? You can find them if you'll go. Ha- you'll have to get out into the streets. You'll have to get out into the lanes, uh, uh, the, the, the major streets, and the little lanes of the city, the little byways of the city. And you'll find some folks that want some help. And then he said this, and look at verse 21. Circle the next word, the word quickly. Circle that word. He said, come, that's personal invitation. He said, go, go to the ones who want the help. And then he said, number three, go quickly. In other words, don't delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. Go quickly. Go quickly. You're in Luke chapter 14. Back up just a couple pages to chapter nine, the end of chapter nine in Luke. Go back just a few pages. Don't delay. Don't delay. You know what a lot of people are doing? A lot of people are waiting to this next uh, uh, stage of life. I want to get to this stage of life. Then I'm going to really do something for the Lord. I'm going to be totally committed. Jesus Himself addressed this. He says in verse number 57, all the way to the end of the chapter nearly. Verse 57. It came to pass that as they went in the way... A certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. He said, here's a man, uh, Jesus is, uh, is walking along, and a man uh, 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 comes, uh, has been with him and heard him teach no doubt. And he said, I'll go with you anywhere. Master, I'll go with you anywhere. And Jesus, who knows all things and knows our hearts, said in verse number 58, uh, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Man, said, so I'll go with you anywhere. Jesus said. In essence, uh, what if anywhere takes you where there's no uh, basic comforts of life? You ready to go there? He said, "I don't have the basic comforts of life." Look at verse number fifty-nine, and he said unto another, "And he said unto another, follow me.'" Look, he found someone else there, what, following him in that group. He said, "Follow me." And, and 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 can you see this man? Can you see this man? Look at him for a minute. He said, "Follow me, man." He said, "He said, Lord, if you let, let, let me." Let me bury my father first. I'll read it for you. He said, Lord, suffer me. Allow me first to go and bury my father. Now, listen, uh, his father wasn't dead. He's in this, he's, he's, he's here teaching. He's not at the house. He's not at a wake. What he's saying is this. My father is aged and I want to stay with my father. And then, you know, once he passes on and we get all the arrangements, things, so far, and all the states divvied up, then I'm going to totally sell out to Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus say? It almost seemed like a callous response. But we know from the heart of a loving Savior is far from callous. In verse 60, Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Look at verse number 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but uh, let me first go bid them farewell, farewell, which are at home at my house. Here's another man, uh, Lord. I, I I I tell you what I'll do. I'll follow you, but let me finish rearing my kids. And when I finish rearing my kids, and, and and I'll go by and we're empty nesters. Then we're going to sell out. Then we're going to really do. So. Listen. The devil will tell you down the road somewhere is another opportunity in another life stage. And when God said this, He said, go. And He said, go quickly. What He's saying is don't delay. Don't, don't wait for another life stage. Don't wait for another opportunity. Listen, you serve God with all you have wherever you are in whatever stage of life you are. Amen. Nothing blesses my soul anymore than to see you precious families with your little children and your strollers and going out. And I know you can't stay out that long. I know you can you get out there, it takes you an hour to get everything together. Get there and get out on the street. You go about 20 minutes, then you have a catastrophe, and you got to button up and go back home. Let me teach you. Hoorah, three cheers for thee. Amen. Yeah. No, those kids are... Listen, I don't remember a time. I, I don't remember a time where, where, where visiting uh, elderly, visiting hospitals, visiting a bus route. That's just... I grew up doing that. It didn't seem unusual. Tithing has never been an issue for me. Well, I grew up tithing. I, 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 I grew up visiting and, and going up down the streets and lanes. Oh, what a wonderful way for our children to grow up. Don't wait for another life stage. Don't wait for the ideal time, so to speak. Go! Go! Go quickly! He says. Circle, if you would, in verse number 21, the word bring. Circle the word bring. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring. 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 What does it mean? It means go get them. Go get them. Make the effort. Look, listen. Bailey's go Baptist church wouldn't be having a service like we have tonight. If all we did is put a sign outside, said uh, 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 a gospel message, inquire within. They it wouldn't. It'd be it'd be, it'd be it'd be me and my wife and my girls. They, they would certainly need it. But uh, uh, but, but, but listen, why wow. we have tried to obey the Great Commission. Amen. God blesses obedience. And, 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 and we've gone and we've gone. And and we, uh, we have tried to bring them in, as the Bible says. I learned something. I didn't know this. Well, actually, my wife learned it, and she shared it with me. But my, my grandson, I got, if I got this figured right, my grandson is 20% bus kid. He's 20% bus kid. Because his grandmother on his, uh, on his dad's side was reached... To the bus ministry by what would become her in-laws. And so great grandma Conley, uh, ran the bus, ran the bus and reached a little girl named Brenda and she grew up and married their son. (laughs) And that's my, uh, that's my grandson's great grandma. And so, I don't know. I, he, he might be 25% bus kid. I don't know. Anyway, he's got bus kid blood. Amen. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Oh, listen. And that dear lady, uh, I, I Grandma Conley worked the bus till she was in her, in her seventies. I went to Bobby Robertson's funeral. I had heard of the Lee Pope. I never met Lee Pope. I went and sat at Bobby Robertson's funeral and sat down next to a man. And, uh, and the music's playing. The funeral hadn't started yet. I introduced myself. He said, yes, sir. He said, I, I remember here. My name is Lee Pope. I said, Lee Pope. I said, I've been wanting to meet you, sir. Uh, Patsy Waddell and her family, uh, rode your bus. And others that have been in our ministry here rode your bus. And we had good, we had good fellowship. He came to a bus meeting, shared his testimony, 50 plus years working the bus route, uh, bringing them in, bringing them them in, bringing them in. I I remember a couple years ago sitting on a plane next to a lady in her, in her late 60s, asked her about her So She said, Yes, I'm saved. I'm saved. She said, I was about seven years old, a lady down the street in our neighborhood. She came around. She's a Sunday school teacher. And she came around our neighborhood. And she had a station wagon. And she said, if you'll come, I'll give you a ride. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to Sunday school and I'll bring you home. And she called the lady's name, and I got the notes written down somewhere. Uh, but uh, but I remember this story. And she she said she gave testimony that she, as a little girl, be, uh, uh, came to church and got, heard the gospel and got saved. Why? Because somebody down the street took their car and knocked on her door and said, "Would you like a ride to Sunday school? Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them." I, I, I pulled this book off my shelf, and of course, you know, one of my one of my mentors and. Dear precious friend, Dr. Ray Young texted me this morning, he's praying for our services today, uh, while we were here, and he was thinking of us and praying for us. And, uh, this book on the, the, miracle of the bus ministry was, uh, copyrighted, it's written in, uh, published in 1996, 1996, so this is, this is, uh, 20, whatever that is, 24, 5, 6, 27 years old, but at that time, at that time, uh, eight and a half million had rid the buses. This man was the most organized man. She was one of five secretaries that he had, and uh, and uh, one of the assistant pastors in charge of the bus mission the Sunday school. And Brother Roddy, you know, he was so meticulous with the records. And um, anyway, uh, but um, but anyway, at that time, twenty however many years ago it was, over eight hundred seventy-four thousand had trusted Christ through the bus ministry. Uh, Four hundred twenty-four thousand. Public walked down the aisle, publicly professed their faith in Christ. Over hundred thousand, one thousand baptized. Um, uh, over twenty one hundred had attended a Christian school through the bus ministry. Five hundred thirty nine attended a Christian college. A hundred at that time. hundred and seventy three bus former bus riders were teaching Sunday school at the church. Now who's Ray really Young? Fifteen year old kid lived the end of dirt road in rural Louisiana. And a, a dear man in the church came running a bus way down the end of a dirt road. Came three Saturdays in a row. Heard about a 15-year-old kid live there. I tried to get him on the bus. Came. He wasn't home. Came back next week. Wasn't home. Came back the next week. Got him to church. He got saved. Amen. Within a, Literally within a year, he got saved. He got baptized. He got called to preach. Spent three years, it's a small church, rural church, but became the, 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 uh, in charge of the youth and then the assistant pastor for three years as 16, 17, 18 year old before he went off to Bible college. Oh, I love the bus ministry. Go get him. Amen. Listen. Hey, listen. Uh uh, 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 you, how many of you have a vehicle? How many of you have a vehicle? Raise your hand if you have a vehicle. All right. Uh, how many, how many seats is in your vehicle? Six. Six? How many seats are in your vehicle? Five, you're on the bus. Uh, how, how many seats in your vehicle? Six. How many seats in your vehicle? Five. You know what? I don't know. There's probably 150, 175 people in the room tonight. Um, maybe a little more than that. I don't know how many vehicles are represented. But what we just fill our vehicles up? Amen. He said, "I don't think I could be in the bus. I don't think I could fill up a vehicle." How many of you? <clears throat> let's see. Uh, how many? Uh, how many seats? Five. And how many uh, ride in that vehicle with you? Two. Two. So you got room for three. Amen. How many of you would pray right now? Brother Rodney could find three people to ride to Vegas and Bible School with him. Amen? He said, well, you putting pressure on us? I'm not. The word of God is, Amen. All right. No, I'm just saying. Hey, what what about a vision? What about a vision? Just start in your neighborhood and find the little children. And get permission and uh, and uh, and get a little caravan from your neighborhood. Circle the next word if you would. Verse uh, 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 verse number uh, twenty three. So they went out and they got the poor, the lame, the halt, and, and they came back and said, "There's still room." Verse twenty three. And the Lord said to the servant, "Go out." Circle. Go out. Circle. Go out. Go out. That's number five. Go again. In other words, go again. Go further. Keep going, go out to the highways. So start in the city, the lanes, the streets, and 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 bring it. You, you say, well, there's, there's still room. Okay, go further. Go out, go out to the highways. Uh, go 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 again. Go further. Keep going. Keep going. Hey, listen, uh Miss Wendy's here tonight. You ought to listen to her dad's uh soul-winning videos that a win recorded during the pandemic. 11 videos on the philosophy of soul winning. You ought to watch them. You ought to watch them. And uh, there's a man 40 plus years ago, went to Mexico City and just started winning souls, winning one by one, winning someone to Christ, teaching others how to win souls to Christ, teaching others how to win souls to Christ. And now then, on a weekly basis, seeing 4,000 soul winners going out. And somebody says, how did that man said they had 10,000 people say? Well, if you have 4,000 soul winners out, that's not too hard to believe. I was there the weekend uh, several years ago when there was an earthquake I mean, earthquake. Buses shut down. Many, many of the people get to the church because of the buses, uh, through the city bus, uh, 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 city buses and other public transportation. I mean, I mean, there's earthquake. I mean, like we had to boop in the building. You had to run, get out of the hotel. The hotel we thought the hotel was going to fall on us. They were running through, banging on doors. Get out, get out, get out, get out. We got out. <laughs> Thank the Lord our hotel didn't fall over. <laughs> And so we went to Saturday soul winning, and uh, Doctor Winnie said, "Brothers, I'm sorry." He said, "We well, got a low soul winning crowd today. The only fifteen hundred soul winners showed up to the meeting that morning." I said, "Doctor Kevin don't you bring me all the way down to Mexico? Give me such a lousy crowd!" No, <laughs> oh, listen, my dear friend, go out again, go out again, keep going. Number six, one more word. Look at it, verse twenty-three. And the Lord said unto the servant, "Go out into the highways and hedges, and circle it, compel." Compel them to come in. Compel them to come in. Go, lastly, go with a sense of urgency. Number one, extend a verbal invitation. Number two, go to the ones who will welcome the help. Number three, don't delay. Number four, go get them. Make the effort. Number five, go again. Go further. Keep going. Number six, go with a sense of urgency. What does Psalm 126, 5 and 6 promise us? They that sow in tears shall what? Reap in joy. Listen, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Is that verse broken? Does it not work anymore? Does it still work? Yeah. yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we weep over sinners? Listen, let me, tell, let me tell you why. Look at me. Let me tell you why. Because we don't go. The the wise man said in the Old Testament. He said, "Mine eye affecteth mine heart." When you go and you see and you hear your heart will be affected who you weeping over who you weeping over they that sow in tears shall reap in joy listen you know one reason why that is because tears are compelling how many of you are mushy like me you're just mushy how many are mushy emotionally mushy I'm mushy I see somebody crying. I'm, it won't be long. I'm going, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm crying about. I'm just crying. <laughs> I, hey, let me tell you. You get in some of these places. Look at me. You get in some of these places and you see what folks are going through. Sit down with them. Sit down with the McDowell's. Adult son shot and killed. Sit down with the walkers this week. Suddenly, suddenly, their daughter's a widow. Little girls don't have a daddy. There's plenty of people who are hurting. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Tears are compelling. The word compels a powerful word. Go with a sense of urgency. Go with a sense of urgency. The word compel means to force, to oblige, to pressure, to press, to push, to urge, to require, to coerce, to lean on, to to insist on. That word compelling is an uncomfortable word both for the one who is doing the compelling and for the one who's being compelled upon. You understand that? You know, we, we, we like to share, we like to talk about the Lord and the things of the Lord and give out gospel tracts and anything as long as everybody's comfortable. But when it starts getting uncomfortable, we want to back away. And this word compel directly speaks to that. Listen, when you want to get somebody saved, you're going to have to talk about hell. And hell is not real fun to talk about. You're going to have to talk about a place where people die without Jesus Christ. The, the wages of sin is death. That's eternal death. That's not up. That's down. That's not heaven. That's hell. That's not beauty. That's torment. And that's part of the gospel. And until a person understands they're a sinner headed for hell, they can't trust Jesus to save them from a place they don't think they're headed. They don't know they're headed. And that's an uncomfortable conversation. But thank God for those who with tear-stained faces and with smiles crease the corner of their mouth, when when the light of the gospel dawns on their mind and heart, I don't have to go to hell. I can be saved. And they call on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful thing that you touched on that uncomfortable point in order to bring a person to a place of great joy. I think about Carl Hatch. This picture's out here in the hallway. Carl Hatch was a drunkard, confirmed drunkard, 15 years old, 16 years old, a complete drunk, and moved in next door to Baptist preacher. That Baptist preacher compelled with love upon his heart every day. I love you, Carl. How many times he gave his testimony, I can hear him, I love you, Carl. I love you, Carl. And, uh, and, uh, and he got so sick, cursed that preacher out day after day after day, and uh, he got to a low spot. And his wife's ready to leave him and call it quits. He said, Let's talk to the preacher. They go to the preacher. They get on their knees. He makes a false profession. She got saved. They come back home. She's got tears stained. Oh, it's so good to be saved. He's, Ah, I believe that. He, says, ah. he didn't mean that. I didn't mean anybody to that. She was saved. He was lost. But God, the Holy Spirit, and the love of neighbor. And the genuineness of his wife compelled upon his heart. And he was so miserable, he went back. He said, I didn't mean it, but I'm ready. I want to mean it. (laughs) And he got saved. He couldn't read. He couldn't write. He didn't know how to pronounce the Bible words. He took a Sunday school class of ten boys. Couldn't read or write. And his wife would read the lesson to him through the week. Teach him the lesson. He'd stand up in front of his class. Took a little group of about ten boys. Built about 150. But he couldn't read or write. He won 150 souls to Christ On Rome 1013, he couldn't pronounce Romans. He said, called it Rome 1013, 150 people. He was in a nursing home with his pastor and trying to uh, win this man to Christ. And the pastor's across the hall visiting another room and he's witnessed this man. The man's in his bed, he's an invalid, in the bed. He said, was like He said, Yes, went through the gospel. I, I, yes, I want to be saved, I need to be saved. He said, All right, get on your knees. He said, I can't get on my knees. He said, Get on your knees. You want to be saved, don't you? He said, Yes, I want to be saved. He said, Well, you gotta get on your knees. And the man said, But I can't, I don't know, I can't get on my knees, I can't get out of bed. He said, Well, if you want to be saved, you gotta get on your knees. And the pastor heard the commotion, came walking across the hall. He said, Carl, what's going on here? He said, This man said he wants to be saved, but he won't get on his knees. And the man looked at the pastor, he said, I can't get out of bed. And the pastor said, Carl, you don't have to be on your knees when you get saved. He said, you don't? He got saved on his knees. He thought you had to be on your knees when you got saved. He said, man, I want 150 people to Christ. In uh, Rome 10, 13. He said, man, I found out you can get saved standing up or sitting down. He said, man, I really went crazy. Amen. He was the most bold soul winner I ever knew in my life. Taught to be everywhere, everywhere we went. Uh, it was like a dream to have him come. And he came probably four or five times. Back in the day, he's with the Lord and been with the Lord a number of years. We'd go to a restaurant. I didn't know any better. He'd just throw stuff on, on, on the ground just like I threw my outline on the ground a minute ago. And uh, he'd, he'd take a, he'd take a, a gospel tract like this. And the uh, first time he did it, uh, we, we're walking in a restaurant, and he, and he goes like that. I'm walking behind him, so I leaned it up and uh, handed it to him. He said, thank you, and threw it back down again. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, I get it. And somebody come up and say, "Sir, uh, you dropped something." He said, "Oh, I did." I said, uh, "He said, you know, uh, uh, what's that say on there?" I said, "Well, it says, uh, do you know for sure that if you die, do you go to heaven?'" He said, "What do you think?" He said, "Well, I, I don't know, but uh, he say, well, uh, uh, well, let me tell you,' and he witnessed him right there on the spot. Amen. <laughs> and uh, at Litterbug, Amen. Get folks safe, and uh, and uh, 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 incredibly, incredibly, incredibly bold. And uh, uh, he uh, he talked about <clears throat> here in our pulpit. Talked about uh, uh, meeting a man driving a beer truck. Stopped the intersection at a stop sign. And he stood, got up on the, the, uh, uh, the ledge there, the, uh, uh, where, you, where you step up into the cab, and stood up on the cab and grabbed the side of the, uh, the door, the windows down. He said, sir, what are you driving this beer truck for? He said, I'll make a living. He said, don't you know people want not drink this stuff, and it's going to ruin their families? And you would, do you want to die and stand in front of God with that on your conscience? He said, well, not really. He said, sir, you need to be saved. He said, yeah, I, I do need to be saved. He witnessed that man standing right there, holding on to the door, wanting to Christ. The man would become a pastor later. When he told that story, this pulpit or that one, I don't remember which one, but told that story, he said, right now there are 40 men standing this weekend in a pulpit somewhere across America that I personally won to Christ and they're pastoring churches and preaching. He was fearless. That's the man who compelled them to come in. Many of you, Brandon, many of you, prayed for Ehab for years. Ehab's with the Lord now. Prayed for Ehab, befriended him, and witnessed to him. A year and a half, he came to my Sunday school class. And never, he'd come to Christmas program, but he wouldn't stay for the preaching. He'd leave. Uh, he grew up Muslim, of course. And uh, anyway, uh, we went over to, uh, went over to Moxville. And uh, 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 Brother Hatch had preached uh, for, uh, for us. And I was driving over to Moxville to meet Daryl Cox. And he had a, had a restaurant over there, and we all went in the back. And his wife Vicky had a room at the, back there in the back for us and myself, Brother Cox, and uh, Miss Ruby Hatch, and my wife. So forth. we went over to the back room, and Ehab was going to feed us all. And uh, Carl Hatch, he uh, he, he, wasn't, he didn't come back there, and he went back there for several minutes. Miss Ruby said, "I don't know where my husband is. I don't know." And uh, and uh, anyway, uh, about ten minutes later, we heard oh <laughs> his, uh, he had his wife, Vicky, oh, Ehab's wife Vicki, oh. God save my husband. God save my husband. She'd get running in that back room and just crying. My husband God save. And I've been trying to win me to Christ for several years and others. I Good night. What happened? Carl has never seen a man in his life. Didn't know anything about it. Walked in the restaurant. Walked up to him said, you work here? He said, yes sir. I'm, I'm the owner. He said, huh? Oh. You a Muslim? Yes sir. He said, Muslims go to hell too. He <laughs> said exactly what he said. He said, yes, sir, I know that. He said, don't you want to be saved? He said, yes, I do know about this, and yes, I do need to be saved. He said, "Why are you waiting on? I said, I don't know. Carl had stood in the restaurant led him to cry. <laughs> you, you know what he did? He compelled him. He compelled him. He compelled him. I remember uh, we were over here at Crossroads some years ago. And Brother Gary Mason was over there, and he was before he pastored uh, up the street here, and uh, after he was the police chief. And he was working over there at the, at the, uh, at the nursing home. And uh, we went over there and conducted a service. And I preached, and when the service was over, uh, Brother Mason came, and he said, oh, Pastor, he said, there's a man next door. What, he, he's under conviction, I believe. Let's go talk to him together. I said, Sure. We went in as a 94-year-old man, 94-year-old man. And uh, I began to talk to him about the Lord. This 94-year-old man, he, he, I don't think he could read, I don't think he could write. He, he, wasn't, uh, not, he wasn't simple, but obviously wasn't educated very well. Anyway, but his granddaughter had brought him to the nursery. He fell, his whole face was all black and blue and swollen and he had fallen, 94-year-old man, worked all of his life, worked the ground all of his life. And he had fallen, had to go into the, this uh, nurse, nursing facility. And his granddaughter is a Christian. And it brought him. And when he checked in, he told us about this. He told us this. His granddaughter knelt down in front of him and put her face in her grandpa's lap and wept and said, Please, grandpa, you need to be sick. Please don't wait. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. She left. He did not. He didn't do anything. But I didn't know while I was preaching. His room's right next door. And while I was preaching in that service, his door was open, and he got under conviction. I don't know if he heard everything I said. But I, he heard the singing, he heard the preaching. And we went in there. And I gave the gospel like I would. All men are sinners. Penalty for sin is death and hell. Jesus paid so forth like that. Went to the scriptures. And I said, sir, do you understand it? And he said, I he couldn't quite grasp it. I went back over again. I thought, well, maybe I wasn't detailed enough. I went back over again very carefully. And he couldn't quite grasp it. And I was just, you know how you think sometimes you're talking and praying at the same time. Lord, help me, help me. And I just said, sir, I said, I, if, if you've sinned against God, do you do you need to be saved? Because yes. I said, just Christ died for you. Do you believe it? Yes. He rose, yes. He can forgive you. He can forgive you. And I said, just ask him. And that 94-year-old man just said, oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. And about, about, about 30 seconds of that, and all of a sudden, Big old smile come on his face. <laughs> he forgave me. He forgave me. You know how, You know why? Because a granddaughter compelled upon her grandpa. And he got a hold of him. And he couldn't get away from it. And he's in heaven by now, I'm sure. Let's stand together. Father...